0: You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network.
1: Welcome to the geekiest show ever. My name is Mark Greentree and my co-host and partner in crime is none other than Kevin Older. How have you been going, Kevin?
0: Not too bad. How about yourself, Mark? Been going a week for you? Uh, You know what? I've
1: been having fun. We bought a new car and it's not geeky, so we won't really talk about it. But it does limit the amount of new geek toys that I can purchase at the moment. (laughs) <laughs> so uh you know what it, it keeps the wife happy and you know when something great comes out that I actually want I think she'll let me get the next uh, little thing. Now Kevin we've got a very special guest joining us this week. Can you guess who it is?
0: Oh, I don't know. He's I've heard him referred to by a secret name called the Pusher, the pusher. or something to that effect. I, I can't remember. It, you know, he has a habit of, I, I think, of convincing other people they need a lot more kit than they might have otherwise been willing to purchase, or software even. Mm. But
1: I, I don't think it's only computer stuff. I, look, I'll give you a clue. He never grew up, which pretty much is a prerequisite for being on this show. but
0: he's got <laughs> Yeah, that, really?
1: Yeah, absolutely. He has to have the biggest collection of Lego out of any adult I know.
0: Yeah, I've, I've seen a few of his uh, collections and a little bit of his uh, discussion of Legos. He has quite the affinity. I think maybe I should keep him away from my son because if he gets too near my son, it could cost me a pretty penny there too. <laughs> it certainly could. Well, Kevin, let's welcome Mark Dalton to the show.
1: Mark, welcome aboard.
2: Good evening, guys. Thanks very much. <laughs> a reputation I think I don't deserve whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: never. Now, Mark, I've, I've got to ask you, Out of the 300 billion little Lego bricks that's been produced by the Lego company in Denmark since 1949, how many of those
0: do you actually own? Wouldn't it be easier for him to say how many he doesn't own?
1: It could be, but that would be a small number, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: My, My love for Lego is restricted to one specific line of Lego, which is my defense. So it's not all lego and it's not everything they've ever made it's one specific line
0: what would that be
2: Uh, that's the um the the town the lego town edition Mm
0: -hmm. or city city
2: edition um i suppose it 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 comes back to my you know want to take over the world so the only world i can really (laughs) take over is the one i build myself out of little lego bricks um But I think it's pretty safe to say that I, I have pretty much everything that you can get on the, uh, the Lego City line um, that's, that's both uh, been made um, and, and due to be made as well. I, I've got my eyes open on a little Apple store, um, one that they're trying to get, get through at the moment, but uh, we'll, we need some more backing on that one.
1: That'd be nice. I, I've certainly noticed, I, I went out after last week's show because, uh, you know, Kevin brought up, you know, the Lego Friends for the girls and and uh, the Lego... Is it Naruto? Ninjago. Ninjaro. Thank you, Kevin. Um, and I went out because, you know, I, I didn't realize that these were out. And I'm, I'm looking on the shelf and I'm going, oh, man, I have seen these before. I made such a goose of myself. <laughs> you know, what was I thinking? <laughs> and the kids ended up getting some Lego, so that was pretty cool. And, and certainly the Friends one, though, uh, I hadn't seen that before. So my daughter was really keen to get some more Lego. And it's great to see that they're sort of expanding out. And and uh, making Lego for girls, it's really nice to see. But, you know, what I did see was their architecture additions at the moment, and they've got one with uh, the Sydney Opera House, the White House. Um, Eiffel Tower, I think. Eiffel Tower. Or- they just look
2: absolutely beautiful. Well, of course, the, probably the, the most famous one at the moment was the Taj Mahal um, one, which... Um, famously bought, not bought once, but bought twice by David Beckham. Um, and apparently started but never finished. Um, the story goes that he did buy one in, uh, while he was uh, on tour somewhere or, or away somewhere. Started building it and left it in the hotel room. And was a bit gutted about that, so bought another one when he returned. Um, but uh, the story goes he didn't actually finish it. Which, I'm not sure if it was a play on his capabilities or whether <laughs> it was the complexity of the actual... Um, building itself but um, that, that whole line absolutely looks fantastic and there's a lot of people as well that um, and, and there's quite a few sites that are dedicated to the architecture side of it um, and you know people have built some pretty amazing and realistic um, you know, copies of buildings um, the London Bridge uh, the Houses of Parliament Big Ben that aren't official Lego models, um, but a lot of the architectural ones um, that that have come kind of to fruition have actually been based on you know individuals' work and then have been adopted and kind of ratified by Lego itself.
0: Well, you know they have a ton. If you go in uh, Pixar theaters, now I haven't been out there, but I've had a number of friends that go in the Pixar Studios theaters, whatever you want to call it, and take a tour, and I've seen enough pictures of some of the amazing things they've built from Legos there within that are on display. They have like Lightning McQueen from the uh show the car or the movie The Car Cars. Not the Cars, Cars. I mean, then they have uh I think they have a Woody uh from Toy Story. And I mean they just have an incredible amount of things. The imagination, I mean if I mean we can all talk and make fun about it, but it, it takes quite a bit of an imagination to sit down with just a pile of lego bricks and build something creative and it's really good for kids that way
2: it is it's probably kind of the thing that i got into it um when i was very young um i was literally bought a box of lego and it was that kind of imagination it there there was you know no instructions to this big box of lego that i got given it was obviously donated from another family member Um, It was just like lots of bits and pieces of various kits all thrown into a big cardboard box. So I had no preconception of what it should be. Um, So, you know, it really gave my imagination a chance to kind of come out when I was young. Uh, And I think that kind of stuck with me. And it's certainly now been reflected in my nephew. Um, He's six now um, and and he's been playing Legos since he was about three, four um and quite often yeah he would come round, and we would get you know my mixture of bricks out and it was just lovely seeing him um i learn how to put them together but also watching the kind of the ideas develop um you know it started off as a car that had you know three wheels or you know t- t- two you know two wheels one size two wheels a different size and as he's got a little bit older you know, that, that's kind of moved. So he's kind of looking at the world around him and getting a, you know, a take on what's realistic. But then he's also bringing in the creativity part and, you know, redefining what it should look like in his eyes. Of course, you know, being a six-year-old boy, everything's got guns and weapons of some form on at the moment. But um, <laughs> it, it is quite amazing to watch.
0: Well, you know, my kids, when they were real little, all started playing with the uh, Duplo blocks. I, I don't know if you all have those overseas or not. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah and did start with those. They still, to this day, even with all the thousands and thousands of Legos that my children have, they still will, uh, last night, good example, they dug them out built a little thing that they were doing something with, like a house or something. They still have great fun with those. We've tried to get them to donate them, you know, to, uh, you know, uh, underprivileged kids or something, they will not let go of those Duplo blocks to save anything.
2: (laughs) And do you know what? It's fascinating because uh, both my my parents and my sister, you know, have the same kind of setups. They've got the Duplo blocks, they've got the Lego blocks in boxes in the garage or in the attic. And they've gone through many times of, oh, we really should clear it out and get rid of them. Only at the last minute to say, but you know what? Whenever we have visitors, we get those out, and the kids, you know, whichever kids, wherever they're from, no matter you know which background they're from, um, they all get it. They all know exactly what they are, and they all play quite happily. It seems that you know it's a universal toy, boy, gal doesn't matter on you know the age, um, you know, it's just amazing that you know you can get a group, a, a big you know, box of bricks out, empty them onto the floor, which is part of the fun of Legos, by the way. Um, Take, you know, whichever kids, throw them together in a big mixing pot, and they will play.
0: Well, you you know, you say that, and you just reminded me, too, that my mother has probably a small plastic tote full of Legos that my two older nieces had had, you know, over the course of, I don't know, 20 years or so, had gotten uh, when they were growing up. She has that, and nine times out of ten, when my kids go in over there, they know where to go. They go grab it before I even say a word. Even if we're there for five minutes, they go grab it, dump it on the floor in my mother's living room, and start putting stuff together. And these are such a variety; they're from like probably ten or twelve sets, with probably only half of the set there at any one point. So, yeah, they just go to town with it, building little horses and carts and partial houses and stuff and you know the tornado hit the house and the horse flew through the window type of things and- <laughs> mm.
1: you know what i get really disappointed when i lose a part though <laughs> it's just me I, I like it to be exactly the same as i see on the picture of the box um you know occasionally i'll sit down with the kids and and um you know sort of just experiments and so forth but i remember buying my son for christmas a um cars set for the car movie two uh cars movie two i should say and um anyway so i put it together with him and then over the course of the next day or so it ended up in pieces everywhere so about a week after that i put it together again and i said okay this time you'd leave it this way. (laughs) It looks like this on the box. (laughs) Don't go (laughs) pulling it apart. I don't want to rebuild it. Um, And I I felt mean because, you know, he was just playing and he was having fun. But, you know, it's... um,
2: Well, that's why you have to have two Two sets. That's why you have to have two sets. And, I mean, my, my OCD is very, very obvious when you go into my garage and look at my Lego setup because I have... Boxes and boxes, lots of plastic boxes with the lids and everything is separated out. So, you know, we have ones as twos as, you know, fours as sixes in their colors in their own boxes. We have spare <laughs> trees. We have spare, you know, LED lights. We have spare traffic lights. Um, you name it. Everything is separated out and there are spares of everything. But I'm quite lucky as I've got a Legoland um, just up the road from me. <laughs>
1: Oh, um, so, I don't know if that's lucky or, or not. You
2: probably, well, you probably, the, the, the beauty customer. is you can go in there and they have like the pick and mix buckets.
1: Oh,
2: okay. So you can go in with your little shovel and you, you know, your varying size pots and you can fill that pot with whatever you like. So you can get, you know, a, a half a pot of these and, you know, three of them and two of those, um, which is a great way to, to kind of build up your, your, spares but also to do custom projects Mm
0: yeah you you talk about custom projects that just reminded me of something and i don't know if it still exists or not at one point on the lego site you could submit a drawing or a picture or something and they had some sort of back-end system that turned it into a you know a general rendering and a lego plan that you could then order from them you know how to build it and how to, you know, all the bricks that you would need, the different sizes. Do they still have that? I'm not
2: sure, but I I do know that they hold regular competitions um, where they will take submissions and they will then turn that into, you know, an actual product. Um, I also know at at the Legoland um, kind of theme park that they do kind of bring the youngsters in and they have kind of an engineering like, uh, I suppose, building where the kids can sit down with a Lego person um, and they will do something very similar. They will take an idea and they will show them how to build it, what they need to build it, um, and the various bits and pieces that they can get hold of in order to do it. Uh, But I don't know if they've still got it on the website. I'd need to dig around and have a look.
0: Yeah, I might have to take a look at that because, you know, I might want to build a bust of myself. You know, I'm just thinking how good I'd look in Lego. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, it would be permanent because these little Lego bricks certainly don't degrade over time, that's for sure. Hey, have you guys ever seen James May's Toy Stories? The uh, six-part, actually seven-part, but but that was a a separate... uh, They tried to make sure that they could do the... The uh, railway, uh, the little model railway, uh, properly and actually finished that because they they failed in the first attempt. Um, but he actually created a Lego house.
2: Yes, I did see that, and it caused oh. it caused a whole bunch of controversy over here. <laughs> <laughs> How so? Um, <laughs> because of its size and uh, building permission. Oh, yes, process.
1: yes. But it, it was. Definitely an interesting
2: episode and
1: and something that you look and you think, all right, everyone's thought, can you build something real size in Lego at some point in time? Very few people have ever actually done it. Uh, And I just thought it was quite incredible that then he wanted to actually live in it. And they actually got it relatively stable, I think. Um, You know, I I watched a little bit of it last night just to reinvigorate my mind with... uh, with the topic and I was just like, you know, in- impressive, you know, to be able to do that, um, you know, from little, and, and it was, you know, eight block Lego pieces that they, they built it out of. And then they built larger bricks and then they put those larger bricks together and, uh, yeah, quite special. Kevin, have you seen that?
0: I haven't seen that Lego episode. I mean, I have the, uh, model railroad, the, uh, where they tried to do the train episode that I've seen. But I yeah, haven't seen that, the Lego
1: one. That, that's a good one. Um, but they remember they failed in their attempt to to do it. So they, they came back about a year ago and they actually redid it again. Um, and I believe they... And they've called it the Great Train Race. Unfortunately, you can't get it on iTunes, but it is available on DVD. Um, so and anyway, that, that's going away from Lego. Although Lego does have some trains. Mark, did you get the train the electric train set to go through the cities that you've built or it doesn't work with your setup?
2: All of them. (laughs) 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 Yes, I have all of the train sets. Um, The the manual ones that you need to push as well as the remote controlled ones, um, all of the different tracks and of course, all of the associated vehicles that are required uh, in order to make the railway function. So, There are little kind of digger pieces that will lay the track. Um, uh, There's also the, you know, the various rail crossings so you can intersect the road with the train lines. Um, Yeah, I mean, you you need that in order to make it a proper town. Otherwise, you know, how are you going to get your workers from the fire station to the police station and then to the beach?
0: Exactly. I mean, you got to have the public transit, otherwise it just loses all of its authenticity.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, you know, we, we've got the, um, transportation of goods. So we've got to have the goods trains. Um, and you know, then there's various types of those. So we've got the vehicle transporters as well as the aggregates. Um, and of course the aggregates, you know, you then have to fill up the back of the little, uh, trucks the train trucks, um, with like little brown bricks or little gray bricks and things like that. So, You've got to do it all properly.
0: Yeah, you have to do that. The uh, a funny thing about that is uh, my daughter started building the uh, Harry Potter. I forget which one. It was one of the small pieces that Legos come out with in Harry Potter. And she said, well, that looks great, but I don't have this building and that <laughs> building and that <laughs> building. Now the top of the dress, her dresser is consumed by the Lego Harry Potter land. Um. Yeah,
1: my, my kids do the same. They actually, you know, me speaking, of, you know, saying that I make them keep their Lego as it looks like on the box. Well, they turn the box around and go, I need this one. And you've got to buy me this one. You've got to buy me this one. And that's like, oh boy. And Legos, I don't know how it is overseas, but Lego is actually quite expensive in Australia. It's not a cheap hobby. Um, it's when you get into it and you do it properly, it's actually a very expensive hobby. It's certainly on par with... You know building you know a model train set, an electric model train set um or you know building your own model planes and and uh cars and bikes and so forth so it's not cheap, but it certainly is fun and enjoyable
2: it's uh It's not cheap at all um and it's not for the light hearted i mean if you're going for say one of the bigger sets over here, such as you know a police station or the fire stations you'd be paying about a hundred pounds. Most of the oh. train sets are around the hundred pounds as well. Uh, well my quite son, often, in excess of a hundred pounds. Mm-hmm.
0: My son has his eye on the uh, Death Star, the Le- the Star Wars Death Star in Lego. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that thing's like three hundred two dollars or three hundred dollars here in the US. It's like, and it's not that big. And I was like, oh my gosh! I mean, it's great yeah. detail and gorgeous to look at, but oh my gosh, <laughs> that's yeah, a lot of money.
1: Certainly need deep pockets, but um. You know, it's just so much fun that it's worth doing. I mean, I do it on a small scale for the kids. Um, You know, my personal hobby that I I spend a lot of money on is is model building. Uh, Just mainly because I like to be able to glue things together. I like to be able to paint things and put decals on. And, you know, I I like that sort of fine work. Whereas Uh, I, I
2: suppose if you get really
1: detailed, though, Lego is very fine as well.
2: I'm a big believer in, you know, the kits are lovely and, you know, it's great to get ideas from and, you know, people love to see them. They love to follow the instructions, but you know, you come back to what we were talking about a while ago, which is the imagination side of it. And they do do lots of little kits, you know, that start around the four or five pound mark They're little cars and little trucks and things like that, which is what a lot of the kids kind of see on the shelves at the local toy shop. And that's where they kind of start. And then what we kind of did with my nephew is, you know, if you go down to the car boot sales or garage sales, as you guys might call them, um, and also, you know, eBay and the various online sites, you can find a lot of deals where it's just like a bag of Lego from, you know, people that have got fed up with it or have just got so much they need to clear it out and make some space. Um, mm-hmm. And you can pick that up, you know, you usually pay by the kilo or something. And I think that's a great way to start the kids out. You don't need to be getting them the big kits because, you know, it's, yeah, it's lovely for us to see them on the shelf and, you know, things, but they want to play with it. It is a toy. Um, and you know, I'm a real believer in, you know, letting kids be kids. Uh, they can be architects Mm -hmm. later, but let them be kids first. (laughs) Um, You know, and as much as you know, I love to be geek out and see the the train tracks running through the buildings, and you know, set the traffic lights. If if you know, my nephew, for example, decides that all of a sudden there's going to be a plane crash in the middle of the city, um, you know, and and the boat all of a sudden can now sail up the high street, then fair you know, fair dues. You know, that's what he wants to do with it, and who am I to object? Um, and that's
1: oh, what's it, good about Lego, though, because it doesn't restrict you one way or the other. Um, you know, you can do that. Uh, it's just imagination of play, which is really cool.
2: Yeah, well, that's what I was getting at. You know, it's like, don't you don't have to spend a fortune on it. Half of the fun is, you know, just getting a big box of Lego. Like I said, tip it out all over the floor, have a good rummage through it, and then just build something. You know, just just start putting the blocks together um you know it is it is great fun um the the only kind of real problem is things like the bases and the roads that, that you know they, they tend to be fixed price costs but you know a breadboard or a dinner tray or something like that serves just as well
0: absolutely yeah yeah we use uh we use the cookie sheets that my wife bakes on they're great they have just a little bit of a lip on them perfect for holding mm. all the legos in while you spread them out all over you know what, in half acre, and it it looks, oh, that's right, I forgot, hell in half acre, I can say that here, and you can uh, (laughs) spread it out, and and they just go nuts, and, you know, we a couple times, you know, every couple of months or so, we turn over the dining room table, because we don't use it that much, and the kids spread the Legos out there, and they just build to their heart's content.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to save things like biscuit boxes, or just cardboard boxes as well, because there's nothing more, Kind of heartbreaking, then you're halfway through building something and you know you've got to pack it all away because it's you know bath time or time for mm-hmm. school tomorrow, or that's why not school now, it's work, isn't it? I keep forgetting that. <laughs> um, you know, so especially, I mean, especially with my nephew and that, it's lovely to be able to say, Well, look, let's put that in the box, we'll put that up on the shelf, and then you know, we'll continue it you know at the weekend or you know, another night, um, you know, rather than having to knock it all to pieces again.
1: Yeah, definitely. Hey, Mark, let me ask you: What do you think about Crayo? Who? Creo. It's um. It's Hasbro's alternative to Lego, so that they can actually have the Transformer range built in Lego.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you I just broke my heart. Hard.
1: You did. Well, I've got my little bumblebee
2: what? here. You know what? It, it's like all of this themed stuff. I hate it with a passion. Because it defeats the original point, it defeats the original point of you know imagination you can know I, it's... I, can,
1: I can imagine my bumblebees protecting me <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, they're, just, they're, 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 they're' trying to make money out of this merchandising isn't it that's it's pure and simple merchandising and and, and
1: you know what they 've got my money
2: <laughs> yeah, i don't buy into it personally I, I prefer just my my Lego blocks and uh you know, a few hours to, to sit and mess around and build something that, I don't know, comes from nowhere.
1: <laughs> well, you're, you're and a you're, purist at heart.
2: I am. I am. None of this newfangled nonsense. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, Mark, did you ever get into, uh, I, I assume they were sold overseas, the Lego Mindstorm? I could never afford that to fool with. Do you know what I'm talking about?
2: Nope.
0: They're if the it, programmable...
2: If it's not Lego, as in proper Lego, I don't wanna know.
0: No, it is Lego. It was um uh like, they were like they were like technology. programmable things. I just
1: to recall that somewhere. Like like they were sort of mechanic and you could make sort of maybe robots or right. things and, and they would move and I remember them but I haven't seen them for a long time. I don't know if they're even in production anymore.
0: Yeah, I don't so know when either. I was
2: growing up, we we had this thing called Meccano,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and that's what we used Meccano for was constructing robots and cars that you know actually went and came around. Now, when I was younger, Lego did introduce something called Technical Lego, um, which started off as you know kind of it looked like a proper tractor and had moving parts that you pushed, and then later on it came with little battery-operated motors and then servos and. All manner of things that you could program. I, I, I tried it a couple of times when I was younger. Never appealed to me. Just didn't get on with it.
0: Yeah, I, I never could. I, one, I couldn't afford it, and two, it did take some of the. I mean, you had to really prethink a lot of those kits as I or you know sets, even though they weren't like you know where you get them now, where you have a set of instructions to build, let's say, an X-wing fighter or something like that. It wasn't that detailed as I remembered. But you really had to pre-think a lot of that out um, and, and before you'd go to build something, because then you'd go to put the motors in and, or, and it would bind up or, you know, all this stuff. and It was just too taxing on my... Well, it still would be too taxing on my brain, even at my age. But, <laughs> well,
2: that uh, was another thing, was that if you lost one of those pieces, it ruined the whole thing. It didn't work. You yes. know, mm-hmm. it, if, if you were building, say, a house or you know, a barn or something like that, and you lost a brick. Then you just put another brick in place. It didn't matter if it was the wrong color, or you had to make it out of two smaller pieces, or you know, you could do it. It didn't ruin the game. You just made sure it was one of the bricks at the back or one of the bricks at the bottom. But with with any of that kind of technical or programmable stuff, you lose a, a vital part. The whole kit was useless.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. You said get the the game. I thought of the other thing. My kids have some of the Lego games. They're fun to play. You know, have any,
1: I've never really got into them. I keep looking and saying, oh, yes, I, I'd like to. But I, I played a demo of um, Lego Batman on the, the PlayStation 3. And, yeah, I just didn't like it that much, to be quite oh, honest. No. But I, I played also... Um, lego indiana jones the very first one and that was a lot of fun i really enjoyed that so but i i I like batman but maybe it was because i don't really like robin and robin was included
0: Oh no, I'm not talking about those. The Lego board games. Oh, the board games. Okay.
1: Sorry, I'm talking about the electronic games. There we oh, go.
0: Oh, I know yeah, I know. We've got those too, and we love we all enjoy playing those, but I'm talking about the board games. The kids got into that a year or two ago. They're kind of fun. They're something completely different than any other game and you know, you tired of working on the Legos, you go over and play a Lego board game, so you just keep the thing going. So
1: Kevin, give us an idea of how they actually work, because I've never played a LEGO board game before, so do you actually construct LEGO pieces? Is it yeah, like you can- Monopoly
0: with LEGO bricks? Uh, no, not really. They have different themes around them. I'm trying to remember which ones we have now, because I haven't played for a while. But you actually build little structures and have little figures that move around what look to be like a standard Lego base, you know, like you'd buy to build a house on or, or something like that. And you build up the structure and you have to capture things. And they're all different flavors of them, but you do build up structures on them to play. So, I mean, you're getting a little mixture of both as you go through it. They're, they're kind of enjoyable. Even the dice are somewhat Lego looking, um, which make it even more fun as opposed to your standard, uh, six-sided dice that you would normally have in a game
1: sounds interesting i might have to check some out mark have you ever played any of the either board games or electronic lego games
2: no neither i, I well that's not strictly true i did try um the lego game i think it was on the wii mm-hmm. um that a friend of mine had um but like all of those things i, I am not very good at kind of well, focusing for very long.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, well, you build a Lego city, that's focus.
2: So, yeah, but that, that, that's the kind of thing you can pick up, you can do for 20 minutes, 30 sure. minutes, and then put down and carry on with something else. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or, you know, typically, you know, doing it while I'm watching TV or something, you know, kind of, you know, multiple things at the same time. Just sitting down, playing a board game or computer games. Computer games just drive me balmy because. <laughs> Well, I, I get bored. I get bored of them so quickly. Um, you know, I just kind of lose interest and wander off and start doing something else. Board games, I, I like I like a traditional board game. Um once again, this this themed kind of board game, you know, it's like I'll look at that and say, Well, it's snakes and ladders just with Lego pieces. Um, you know, it just doesn't it doesn't appeal to me in the same way.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, when when uh, we're talking about board games, I'm sort of, board has a double meaning to it, and it's like, oh, it's boring, I'm bored.
0: <laughs> you know, you
2: know I, I spent a lot of time as a kid um, in and out of hospital, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, it was something that, you know, when mum and dad came up, dad would bring a drafts board or a pack of cards or, you know, a board game of some type, and... It was a huge, you know, distraction. And even on rainy days or something like that, it would be like, oh, "Let's get a game out and let's play a game." And I love board games for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, yeah, I suppose I'm a purist in some ways. Um, you, you know, I don't this whole merchandising and productization of what is, you know, quite a pure and simple idea that teaches, you know basic, you know, competition um, but also how to be a good loser and stuff like that it has just been marred by money grabbing good for nothings.
1: Yes, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a good loser, that's for sure, especially if you play me in Monopoly. And, uh, you know, speaking about monetizing things, I noticed the other day when I was at the local toy shop that the Beatles have come out, well, Monopoly has come out with a Beatles version. And I'm thinking,
0: oh, Lord, um, you know,
1: really? Could You know, that? that's where I draw the line with the Beatles. That's for sure.
2: Well, what kind of got to me the other week, um, probably about the same time, actually, by the sounds of it, is I was in uh, one of the local toy stores with my niece and nephew. And I saw a Monopoly version. And I thought, oh, you know, that, that looks good. And it wasn't until I took it off the shelf and the money had been replaced by debit cards. Oh, Yes, I saw that. Wow, that's I've nasty. That.
1: I, I, don't, I, just, I don't like that. I, I run a, a cash economy in my own personal life. We don't have credit cards. We don't take out loans. We pay cash for everything. We just save up. So I'm dead against that.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it was kind of one of the ways when I was little that you learn how to add up and take away and... You know what? How much change do you get from the twenty dollar rent if you're them, you know, a fifty dollar bill? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it was all those kind of little things that also came with playing board games um, right. uh, that you learn. And yeah, you know, mm, do I really want to be teaching kids that all you need to do is hand over plastic? Yeah, that's
0: uh, that's true. Yeah. I um, I saw that, I'm, and um, i, I I'm wondered about that. That's a f-
2: I'm not denying that's a fact of life today, but they don't, you know, I'm at least have a it. chance to learn the basics.
1: Yeah, but well, if you don't understand how to handle money, logic sort of indicates that you don't. Then respect, you know, how the the plastic card works. Yeah, that that's really disappointing because it, it ruins really a good game for many people. Um, although it was never a good game for me, I used to always lose <laughs> and and chuck a tantrum and. <laughs> And the board and the pieces would go high in the sky, and all the hotels and houses would go everywhere. And,
2: you know, my, that was that yeah. was my sister. Yeah.
1: It, you know, my wife can beat me all the time, and you know, she earns more money than I do. And it's like, oh, jeez, this is life repeating itself in a game. <laughs> you know? yeah. She she can buy and sell me ten times over, and I'm like, oh no, I don't want to do this. This is
2: this one thing. It's one thing, you know, the wife kicking you down in that regard. It's when the kids start doing it as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what, I I think I'd be proud if the kids uh, started doing that. But, uh, yeah, the wife, well, that's another story. (laughs) (laughs) Now, just before we go off Lego completely, and, uh, you know, I hope that we've spent enough time on it, because we actually got some really good feedback on the show last week, but we did... Uh, get a, a couple of comments saying, you know, could you go into a little bit more detail? So, um, you know, please, if we haven't gone into enough detail, let us know. We can have Mark back on it at a, a later show as well and, and uh, you know, discuss this in more detail. But have you guys seen what is almost one of my favorite movies that I watch with the kids? If not my favorite movie, although I like Cars and Toy Story and so forth. But have you guys seen The Adventures of Clutch Powers?
0: No, no, I haven't seen that one.
1: <laughs> <gasps> How can you guys call yourself Lego fans? Shame, shame, shame! It, it, it's a great little one, um, you know, that uses pretty much the traditional form of of the Lego character. Um, you know, it, it's just very funny. And if you've enjoyed putting Lego together for years, you'll just love the humor that's in there. You know, one scene, you know, they're they're fighting over a sprocket to to build this vehicle. And you know one of the characters goes let go as as they're pulling it back and forth <laughs> as in let go, and I just catch myself laughing every time I I see that. And you know then another character uh, there's a female character in there and she actually change her hair. Do she just lift the hair off and put the new hair on? And it is a great little movie. It, you know it's certainly worth owning, but you know it's definitely worth a purchase. Um, uh, sorry, a rental I should say. It, it's just so much fun. It goes for about an hour and a half. And it was only released in 2010. And it's completely uh, CGI created. Uh, but it's got a good little storyline. And Mark, I think you'd like it because it's got this big virtual Lego city. But they don't spend the whole time there. But that's where Clutch Powers lives. And, and then he goes out to to fight an evil wizard and, and so forth. So, you know, it's got everything that kids can just latch onto and it's also got enough humor in it that adults can really enjoy it as well oh i'll like have to on... check it out yeah check check it out and get back to me on, on whether you like it or not because I'd, I'd be interested now guys let's talk quickly about the blu-ray dvd and digital copies that are out there and i wasn't actually going to talk about this we were going to talk about big band theory season two but we'll probably run out of time before we can give that a good run today, um but the reason why I bring this up is I had Peter Upfold on not another Mac podcast this week, and he was talking about concerns over DRM and what happens if the movie uh, companies and and so forth, movie studios I should say, turn around and say, well, you know what, we don't want our content on iTunes anymore. Therefore, you know. You can't have access to it anymore. You can't play it anymore even though you've purchased it. And he was saying that the only format that, you know, you can be currently sure that you can have in 10, 20 years' time is a DVD copy, basically because you can rip the DVD uh, into a digital format and then, you know, take that digital format and, and change it over the years. And I thought, you know, that was quite interesting. It got me looking back at physical media again and just looking at, you know, "Mm, is Blu-ray worthwhile? And then I came across these Blu-rays with DVDs and digital copies and I thought, oh, geez, this this looks okay. You pop the disc in, you go to iTunes, pump in the redemption code and you get the the standard def copy. Uh, And I thought, okay, not too bad. You notice a a price difference, though, and, you know, it's almost as much as actually buying the movie straight in iTunes. Um, But I thought, well, you know, that's... Is it marketing, really, or is it something useful for end users? And I know a few... Doing some research, and I know a few people that have had problems with that, with codes expiring and so forth. Have you guys tried any of these?
0: I haven't yet because I don't actually own a Blu-ray player to try it with, but well, they, I do got know. Well,
1: they've DVD as well, um, so you can get DVD plus digital copies. But you know what I'm disappointed in? There's what? basically no TV series that do this. It's only movies. So, it, you know, I'm, I'm a big TV series watcher, and if I can't have my digital copies, then yeah, I'm disappointed.
0: Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen that. I I do have one Blu-ray DVD that I that's not. Um, I've never opened. I actually got it signed by one of the animators uh, from Toy Story, so I haven't Ooh. bothered to open that because it's kind of precious that way. Nice. Um, but um, I think it includes a digital copy, which I'm sure by now has long since expired. Uh, because of that time limit. Because we both, I mean, we all share in common a friendship with Allison Sheridan, mm-hmm. who uh, recently went through that, where she had gotten, I don't know whether her or her husband Steve had gotten for Christmas a copy of the movie, I believe it was District 9, and when they went to redeem it, the code had expired. And then after she went to try to claim it to see what they could do when she called support, they said, well, you know, they're only good for so long, which I don't understand how you can run out of digital downloads but I, we won't go into that. <laughs> she, the Sony actually had the cojones to offer her a copy of the Smurfs <laughs> as a replacement for District 9. And I'm going, and she's the same thing. It's like, where do you think the two of these things are even in the same ballpark? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's crazy. That's just absolutely insane. Now, I know from being a, a app reviewer and so forth of different iOS apps, when we get the redemption code, it is limited to a week or a month um, or even a few months, and then it's got to be used within that time. But as far as I'm aware, this is within Apple's control to actually say, Okay, this can be available till the end of time, and certainly when you purchase something, um, you should be allowed to access it.
0: Yeah, it should. There shouldn't be any time limitation on a a digital download. They're just going to push people right back into what they don't want. They're going to push people back into pirating. Yeah, Absolutely. and I mean it's it, it's totally counterintuitive. I don't understand that. If you get a redemption code, it's a redemption code. <laughs> download the movie as long as it's. I mean, I could understand if there was some reason, you know, the server farm that that movie was hosted on was every digital copy was destroyed, which God knows that would be almost impossible to do. But the the fact that they just limited, I mean, that just doesn't make any sense at all.
1: Yeah, and, you know, you don't know how long... When you go uh, and actually purchase from, you know, especially some of the big retailers that order in the thousands of copies, you don't know how long that copy's been sitting on the shelf that you're purchasing. There's not like a use-by date, as far as I'm aware, that's on the back of the case going, you need to redeem this by tomorrow, otherwise (laughs) you can get staffed. Um, Yeah. It's it's just... Ron, it's highway robbery. I really think it's a, a good idea of really utilizing technology well and giving people the choice as to how they wish to consume their content and it also saves people having to rip the content um, but at the same time if it expires what's the point you know it, obviously when you redeem it then you have it forever but if you don't get it to that redemption time you know it's the same thing if I um, okay if I bought one of you guys you know, DVD for Christmas and I decided, oh, you know what, I'm going to buy it now and, and hold off and then send it to you guys. Well, by the time Christmas comes, that digital copy is probably no good. And uh, yeah, it's just, it, I suppose it's another way of the movie studios making people do things their way. And you know what, I also, speaking of that, I want to have a rant. Put up your hand if you absolutely detest and hate George Lucas. Both my hands are up. Now listen, he's he's a brilliant guy. You know, created a wonderful universe. But I'm sick and tired of actually buying Star Wars. I bought Star Wars on VHS. Then, when they released the widescreen editions on VHS, I bought it again. Then, I bought it on DVD. Then, I bought it when he did the digital restoration and added the additional scenes. Then... I bought another series a couple of years back. I can't even remember. I actually sold it. (laughs) So I can't. (laughs) It was. No, it was the one where on one side of the disc you had the original version. And then on the other side of the disc you actually had the digital enhanced version. Right. Hold on a second here, Mark.
2: Who bought all of these? I did. So once again, who bought them? Oh, I know. I'm stupid, but so how, how is this? How is this George Lucas's fault? Because he yeah. keeps making me buy more. <laughs> Every time Apple releases a new product, you, you you think, "Oh, I'd buy that." Same as we all do it. It's a new product. Is it's a new format? It's a big difference between you know buying something once. Yeah, and buying different things multiple times.
1: Yes, I, I know
2: what you're, you're saying. And, you're and, and you've got me between product. a rock and a hard place, Mark. <laughs> yeah, you're buying a different product. So I, I don't think that's a fair assassination. I mean, I, I completely agree with... Okay, so going back to where we were a while ago, I, I do not believe in physical media anymore. But it's part I don't want it laying around cluttering everything up. Secondly, when I buy something, now completely understanding music and video, I am buying the rights to view it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do not own the material. I I am buying in. I am buying the rights to view it. Okay, I I believe, and this is my belief. It may not be enshrined in law, but I, but I believe I have that right to view it where and on what I like. Whether that's my TV, my computer, my phone, my iPad, um, you know, an overhead projector, I don't believe I should have to pay multiple times in order to view that same material. Now, if that material is materi- materially different, i.e., I bought an analog version and they've released a digitally mastered or remastered version, to me, I'm buying a different product. Yeah, there there, there is mm-hmm. costs to producing. That that new format, that new version, okay. That's then my decision. No, I want to enjoy it in that you know new format. Um, and I, I, once again, I am buying the rights to view it in that format. Once again, I think I have the right to view that in that format on all of my devices. Um, I also think that you know when you're looking at the difference between DVDs and Blu-rays. You know, you are in essence buying a different version. You know, a different product. You're buying a lot higher resolution. Um, there are different, you know, manufacturing and production costs to that. Do I believe those prices are fair? No, not at all. I believe you know DVD prices are over over inflated. I believe Blu-ray prices are just so ridiculous. It's why, like Kevin, I don't own a Blu-ray player. Um, and have no intentions of ever owning a Blu-ray player, let alone uh, Blu-ray discs or Blu-play... Well, you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I I just... I'm not buying into it. And to me, that's the easiest way I can vote against the studios by saying, you know, I am not buying into it the same way as when these 3D TVs come along. I ain't buying into that either. Mm -hmm. You know, fact of life, but you know if i am going to buy different products then I, I i do believe that you know i should be paying for those products
1: yeah and you you've certainly got me there i i i got to take a a back step slightly but still still you know um He's been riding on the coattails of Star Wars for so long, I'm tired of it. <laughs> you know, when when they released the the Blu-ray copy, then a month later they released the three D version in the theaters. I just I shook my head in in disgust and just went, talk about grabbing money and you know at the same time totally bastardizing and destroying a, a great series. But uh, but the uh, reason they keep
2: selling new versions is because you keep buying old ones. I know. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Yeah, you're you're adding fuel to the own
0: fire. <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you're you're, not, you're Mark. It. You're not the only. You're not the only one. I've been suckered into that. One of my favorite albums of all time, and I'm not a huge music fan, is uh, Van Halen. The original album.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have had three, four, five, six, seven copies of that album, as it's gone through the different media. I have. I still have LP cassette, eight track, um, CD. Then I bought it digitally. So I'm as big a sucker as you are. So don't feel so bad.
1: <laughs> it's it's good to know I'm not alone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, we have that in common.
1: <laughs> so, Mike, let let me ask you. Like, you know, Peter obviously brought up an interesting topic, and unfortunately, you haven't listened to his comments, and I'm only you know passing them on secondhand. Um, but, you know, it, the movie studios do have some control over, you know, what is on iTunes and then with iTunes allowing people to download again on different devices, for instance, um, it sort of makes you wonder, can they actually then prevent you from playing that content back at a later time? Is it a risk to actually go completely digital? And we're not talking next year, we're talking... 15 20 years down the track when maybe Apple isn't the big company that they are now. How many VHS tapes do you own? None now. I won't Kevin how How many, how vi- many,
0: yet. How many uh, do you own? Is it more VHS? than 10? Oh god, yes. Uh, how many VHS players do you own? 3
2: yeah, so I own VHS tapes. I don't have players, and I'm guessing I'm probably like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, the tapes are going into the bin. If I haven't converted them now, I never will do. Um, who knows what the future holds? Um, the, the thing I think you've got to remember here, okay, is these are companies. Yeah, they're not charities. They're not there for any other purpose than to make money. Okay, they are going to do that in any which way they can. Now, we, we all hope that's within the law and we hope that those companies follow some form of ethical practice. However, if they don't, the only way to, to do anything about that is don't buy from them. Yeah, If you don't like the terms and conditions that are set forward by iTunes, then don't buy from iTunes. However, the success of iTunes, the, the, the volume of music, TV shows, and, you know, movies that they are selling, to me, shows that the majority of people are happy with that agreement. To me, there's no difference between, I go out and buy it on a DVD. Who says that DVD will work in 20 years?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But should we then tolerate having to, admittedly, we don't have to purchase it, I understand that, but should we tolerate as consumers you know, being forced to upgrade because they don't make the equipment to play back the content anymore. You you know, in Australia, you cannot get a VHS player. Um, You know, they're very, very hard to come by. You know, should we then, you know, have to miss out on the content that we want to watch and consume and, and entertain ourselves with just because they move forward? If you look at, you know, many people think DVD is perfectly adequate and you know can't justify the the blu-ray expense um
2: but to put that into perspective mark i mean i i can see where you're coming from uh, and you know it's very consumer based so from who should pay for that should the business pay for that should the company should should you know when you buy a car you expect that to wear out over time
0: mm-hmm.
2: nothing lasts forever OK, um,
0: Legos do. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: well, Kevin <laughs> uh, There's an exception to every rule, Kevin.
0: Um, <laughs> Sorry, couldn't resist. You know,
2: <laughs> you, people are getting very uptight about this whole digital format. Yes, digital, digital allows us to keep things for a very long time, but at the end of the day, you know, it's on a hard drive. How long will that hard drive last? How long will the company that's producing it last? Who insures against that? That there are, there are a whole bunch of mechanisms in place to kind of try to keep us safe and to protect consumer rights. But is that really a right that you expect to be able to buy a product and use it forever and ever and leave it to your great-grandchildren?
1: Yes. I'd like to think so, yeah. You know, it, if it, I'm just thinking, and it just shot to, to my mind... Um, you know, jewelry. Um, we've got a, a ring in our family that comes from generations from my great grandmother. Uh, that's been passed down, and you know, I have no idea what was spent on that in the day. But you know, that's that's lasted, and it's a completely different argument to what
2: we're talking about here. Well, all products have have a you know varied life. Um, you know, if you talk about jewelry, gold, silver, you know, they will they eventually you know go back to nature everything does um it might just take a few million years but you know nature will reclaim it but but Uh, that'll be outside
1: of our lifetime anyways so you know that's what i'm sort of looking at i'm I'm looking at if you look at quality say call it 1080p or call it blu-ray digital downloads whatever the quality is so high for this content at the moment that there's very little moving forward that i think would actually make it better Now, I may be wrong in saying that, but, you know, the human eye can only see so much and 90% of the population are going to be satisfied. So why can't that Blu-ray copy or that digital copy last for the rest of my life?
0: Well, you know, the other side to that is, too, is what uh, Mark was saying earlier about you're buying the right to play it, to play it anywhere you want. Mm. Why can't they offer i mean and even using the car analogy mixing the two together yeah nothing lasts forever but when i buy a car and i get tired of it unless i've really run the you know what out of it um i can trade it in and get something back for it so why mm-hmm. when i buy a dvd version of um the big bang theory let's say not that i have all five seasons or uh, anyway the um we won't go into that the um but if i buy it why can't i then you know when it comes out in hd why can't i just pay since i've already got it why can't i pay the difference and trade my license up why are they i mean i know it's because that wasn't the product you bought
2: that wasn't i mean okay so coming back to its simplest form what when you agree to buy something a contract is struck for for what is offered yeah uh, you, when when it comes on sale and you know it, it's you can buy this spark sparkly widget, you know it does A B and C and it will last six months. Give me a fiver for it. You say at that point in time, yes, I'm happy with that, and you exchange money. When when the second version of the widget comes out six months later, you don't automatically go along and say, hey, I should get a free upgrade because I bought your first widget.
1: True, but oh, if, we go, if we go back to the car analogy, they also come with warranties.
2: I don't want a free upgrade either. No, so, so do all of the products you buy, both in terms of... But, it, know, it, but okay, if, if
1: I bought a movie on iTunes, do I have a warranty from the movie studio that they're going to support the
2: iTunes format
1: and allow me to play it in three years' time, five years' time?
2: Well, no, Hold on a second. You, you, you have a number of warranties. Now, I'm not sure about Australian law, but... Yeah, you know, in the UK, we have warranties that cover, you know, the, the suitability of the product. You know, it was intent, or it does what it was, what it said it was, you know, it would do. I.e., so if I go and buy District Nine, I don't expect to get home and have that DVD display the Smurfs. <laughs> um, you know, so there are warranties in place. Um, are those all, all those warranties that you want? Well, it doesn't sound like it. But you know, once but, again, but it's
1: not warranting that if a format dies that then you can still have access to that content.
2: No, but the same, same way as, you know, if the manufacturer of your car goes bankrupt, yeah, the the warranty may never actually be fulfilled, be fulfilled anyway.
0: So are you all trying to say that all my eight track tapes can't be converted over for free?
2: I'm saying they can be converted for free, whether that's (laughs) legal. uh, I've got obviously no view
0: on um, well, if you find what, an 8-track player, let me know.
2: <laughs> what, what I'm just concerned about is that you know, for some reason we seem to be drawn into this argument uh, or we seem to want to treat digital music and video um, at, you know, or diff- digital media in a different way to we treat any other product or service. Yeah. Now, the, the, the advent of digital has allowed us To instead of traipsing down to the local computer store and buying that physical media, to say, I want it now. I'm going to click that button. I'm going to give them my card details and I'm going to receive it immediately. Instant gratification. What we have to accept is when we do that, we are agreeing to the terms that are put down by the music studios, their suppliers, the the company we're buying it from. Are they fair? Well, that's down to the individual to decide, yeah? They don't necessarily have to be fair, yeah? They just need you to to agree to them to buy them, (laughs) yeah? If you don't agree with them and you don't feel that the terms offered fit with your beliefs in what should be available, then don't buy it. If there are enough people that do that and feel that way, then the movie companies, the record companies will have to change their terms,
0: yeah, but the problem with those terms a lot of time, well, I, I, a whole other rant, and I don't think we have the time for it, is them making those terms readily understandable to the average person. People like us do understand them, and then people like Mark and I are too adult minded at times, and we just keep buying things over and over again. So, you know, I, there's also that. But I worry about the average consumer in this and that; they're never going to think in think it at the level of detail that we're talking about right here. They're not going to think through it that far.
2: Don't get me wrong, guys. I'm not, I'm not a fan of these rules by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think you know, we do trade you know, certain rights in when we buy you know, digital media. Um, and I'm not you know, in complete agreement with that. Um, do, do we sometimes take an adult approach and go out and buy stuff? Yes, we do. And you know, we probably should know better as we understand a lot of the legalities a lot more than the the average person on the street might. Mm -hmm. Then again, we probably give it more thought than the average person who just doesn't care. They bought the music, they listened to the music. Um, In in, in a year's time, if you told them they had to pay 60p for that track again, they would probably go, well, that's unfair,
0: and buy it. That's true. That's very true. Absolutely.
2: If If they don't like it, I got one word of advice to them. Don't buy it. Yeah, go to the torrent networks, but you didn't hear it here. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, between, that's between you and your conscience. But, you know, it, it's, like, it's like with anything, you know, it, it's no good from my perspective sitting there saying that product is rubbish because it doesn't do what I w- want it to do. Then it's not the product for you. Mm-hmm. The most simple thing you can do is don't buy it. Yeah.
1: See, don't I, pay, I, I want to do the legal to. thing. I, I want to buy it. I just want more flexibility, I guess, than the, the movie studios are willing and perhaps should give. Um, so, yeah, you know what? It's an interesting conversation and we could certainly go on for hours on it. And um, it's good to have both sides of the fence arguing this because, you know, I'm sure there's people out there who follow my belief on, you know, why do we have to buy the same thing over and over again, and I'm sure there's people who follow Mark's belief down to the uh, the T, just, you know, um, that you buy into the format. So I don't think it's an argument that we can <laughs> solve in, in one episode, that's for sure, but it's certainly been a very good argument and a very good show.
0: Well, now, if, you, if if both of you are on one side of the fence, that makes me the fence post? What? I'm not sure here. <laughs> you're, you're, you're,
1: you're the judge, Kevin.
0: <laughs> I'm the judge. Oh, just call me his honor, Kevin.
1: <laughs> the honorable Kevin.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. That term hadn't been used for a long time. <laughs> and I don't know, I don't want to know where it was used last time ever. <laughs> yeah, that's not even something I'm willing to share.
2: <laughs> uh, of course, we all know the secret, and it'll have to, he'll have to go and ask Mrs. Kevin uh, before he delivers his final judgment if it's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's true. CTO or CFO, CTO. CIO, COO of the house. I, know, yeah. <laughs> I love her, but yeah.
1: Or as I just call mine, the boss. It's uh, nice and quick and easy, and and uh, does the job. Hey, just before we go, guys, what's this space pen? It, it came up uh, on Twitter today.
0: Yeah, Cor- Correll brought it up. Uh, a dear friend of ours. I think we all know her. Mm-hmm. She uh, we she was surprised last week um, that when we were talking about pens that we didn't bring up the space pen. The space pen was where I first – well, I'll tell about where I first heard of it. It's a pen that allows you to write upside down, you know, anywhere. It was, I guess, originally developed for zero-gravity use. Um, It came to fame. I thought uh, that was the pencil, Kevin. Well, that's – no, but see, that's erasable. This is permanent. See, you're you're using your old technology again, Mark. We've got to get you up to date. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The uh, the space pen originally came to my knowledge uh, through an episode of the uh, TV series Seinfeld. Um, and don't ask me which season or anything like that. I'm sure we've got some Seinfeld geeks out there that could figure it all out for us. But there was an episode where Jerry ended up getting a space pen from one of his parents' friends and... The whole back and forth thing and all the trouble it caused, but they are pretty awesome pens, and we've got a link to them in the show notes. They actually do have the original Space Pen again for sale. It's uh, fifty dollars, and it's a really nice pen. Um, and I'm pretty damn sure now I'm going to have to go buy one because of that. So that's cost me another fifty bucks. Um, but you know, that and the uh, Trekker version of it are two very cool looking pens if you're a geek. So they're, they're really cool. They're nice pens. They're well-made. Um, they're very durable. I mean, they'll take quite a licking, uh, from what the, uh, the one time I got to hold one actually, and that's been quite a while ago. Um, but they're really neat pens. And you know, if, if you're a pen geek like me, uh, get one, but you might want to make sure you latch it down onto something, you know, put a chain on it, hook it to your desk. Cause, uh, People do tend to walk off with pens a lot, so you don't want this one to be walked off with, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, it certainly does quite a lot of things. I'm looking at the website now, and it'll write upside down underwater, over greasy surfaces, and extreme temperatures. The only thing it doesn't do is have a little eraser on the top where you can rub it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, like we were talking about last week.
1: Yeah, I... I didn't have a chance to have a look to see if they're still made yet. I should probably do that and then report back on next week's episode. Anyway, guys, this is uh, the end of episode 54 for the Geekiest Show Ever. Uh, let's go around the virtual table and let's find out where you guys can be found. Kevin, if you'd like to begin.
0: Well, you can, of course, find me every week from here on out, at least, uh, on the here at the Geekiest Show Ever. If you want to find out what I'm doing online... Uh, Just go to about.me slash Kevin Alder, and there's links to the uh, various things and my diatribes, especially over on Twitter, because you will find me a lot on Twitter, much to my family's chagrin and some of my followers as well, I think. We love
1: you across there. (laughs) It's it's always good to follow you. It's It's a good laugh and always entertaining. And Mark, where can the listeners find out more about you, your Lego collection, everything you do?
2: Okay, thanks a lot, Mark, and uh, once again, thanks for having me on. You can find me on my personal blog over at markdalton.co.uk, and that's where kind of my Lego stuff and the, the normal kind of family stuff is. Um, otherwise, you can find me at The Tech Lounge, which is the thetechlounge.co.uk, the um, and on Twitter, you can find me at Mark Dalton and at The Tech Lounge.
1: Fantastic, and you can check out the Geekiest Show Ever website at geekiestshowever.com. And you know what, I actually found the email address, but I forgot to ask Tim whether it was actually still working or not. So, you know what, (laughs) if you've got any complaints, and I'm sure you will, especially, you know, Star Wars fans, uh, over my hatred of of, um, George Lucas for releasing so many copies and making so much money off all of us, uh, if you want to uh, email me and complain and whinge and say I'm an idiot, please do so with the email help at everydaymaxsupport.com. You've been listening to the Geekiest show ever. It's been a great conversation episode fifty four until next week.
0: take care and don't forget to hug an, your inner geek
1: and we we forgot to send soft kitty oh, oh, oh we
0: didn't get we didn't check the votes yet well we, I've only had two votes okay I, I think Scott from pocket size
1: podcast said absolutely, but you had to wear your kilt, and I had to wear a tutu yeah. Um, You know, and that's good because we can say we do and no one knows because we don't do video. So um
0: Oh we aren't? No, no if Uh you do
1: Mark's show though, you'll you'll need to uh, you know, prove it.
0: (laughs) Well when I when I do Mark's show I do it pantsless, so Oh god.
1: Oh, we don't need to know. And Mark's staying quiet on that one. He's going. Yeah, I don't know you.
2: I just didn't know whether you're still recording or not. But
1: <laughs> uh, we are actually. This is the end of the show. We're we're sort of saying goodbye, but we're having a little joke. Uh, well, you know what? If if you ever watch the the tech lounge and the video feed, which I would advise, is that's the way I consume it. Uh, if Kevin ever stands up, Mark will probably put a, a little black box in a certain area. <laughs>
2: There's, there's some hey, good cool. news. There's some good news on that front. As from this Monday, we've got a new streaming supplier. Oh, good. Um, so it will be. We've got some. We've got guaranteed bandwidth. We've got guaranteed um, high uh, HD uh, output now, and it will be working on iOS devices too.
1: Oh, nice! I have to try that next week. That means you I can watch ask. while I'm driving home. Absolutely. Nice. Mm. That's very cool. All right, well, we'll definitely check that out. And uh, so listeners who are still listening to our little rant, uh, go across to thetechlounge.co.uk and Mark will have all the details up there, I
2: take it? Yeah, that's for the company site. If you want uh, the shows themselves, you can just go to thetechlounge.tv.
1: Fantastic. All right, guys, we'll uh, call it a day and we'll let the listeners get back to uh, their lives of going and buying multiple copies of every single movie, music, Thing that's ever been released. Have fun.
2: Hey, Guy, have you heard about Not Another Mac Podcast? Oh, Not Another Mac Podcast. Yeah, so you've heard of it then. Heard of what? Not Another Mac Podcast. Gaz, you keep repeating yourself. I'm just telling you the name of the show. No, you don't. You keep telling me about Not Another Mac Podcast. Yep, that's the one. N- what's the one? Not Another Mac Podcast. Gaz. You nitwit Brit, have have you been drinking? No, you big young
1: tank. Listen. Not Another Mac Podcast is a roundtable discussion with Mac users and experts from all over the
0: world. Hey, Gaz, we've been on that podcast. Are we experts now? Oh, brother.
1: You can find us in iTunes by searching for Not Another Mac Podcast or get it through the Stoplight Network podcast feed.